Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into another episode of the Mike and I podcast, episode 132. Hey, and we got a little special edition, as some of you maybe know, may know, because you're listening to this on Monday or you're checking the feed and you see another another podcast on your feed. Well, I decided because it's the week of Thanksgiving, I'm very thankful to have this podcast. I'm very thankful for this platform and all the listeners and all the people who want to be on my show. So I thought, hey, let's give two podcasts this week. So yes, that's right. I got the one with Tui Deshark this past Friday. Then I got this one right here with two C's, my man, on Monday. And then, of course, we're still going to have one on Black Friday drop the day after Thanksgiving, too. So yeah, just another special treat for you guys. I know some of you guys have trouble catching up, but hey, take your time. There's no rush listening to this. But I just thought, you know, like, hey, I want to pump these out as soon as I can. And, you know, I think I I hung on to some interviews for a lot longer before. And it's like, oh, once you hold an interview for like a month or longer, it kind of, I don't say becomes irrelevant, but it becomes less relevant. So I'm trying to pump these out because I'm getting asked to do interviews left and right. And so I'm trying to stay update, stay up, stay with the times. And man, you know, I'm just just trying to put this work in you know i think some of you guys know me i'm a big joe rogan fan and he just puts them out whenever and i'm just gonna put them out whenever and i'm trying to compete with him and uh <laughs> but yeah i'm very thankful for you guys happy thanksgiving to everybody that's listening during this week and um you know before we get into it you know thank you to generic sports for producing the instrumental playing in the background thank you to vince correa for designing the my mic and i logo that you are seeing in your screen if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow my Mike and I's Instagram page at my period Mike and period I. And if you're on Twitter, follow my personal account at underscore Noah Alvarez. Those are the two best platforms to get a hold of me. Feedback for the show if you're interested in being on the show. And yeah, man, I have some uh, really great guests lined up too, so I'm excited about the future. I always am excited, but. You know, I got a lot of great stories for you guys to tell, basically. And uh, I hope you guys, you know, really do enjoy these stories. I'm trying to find inspirational people, people who, you know, had some challenging life obstacles. And I hope that you guys listening to this find some sort of wisdom, some sort of motivation, some sort of encouragement to continue to go through whatever you're going through, whatever life obstacle, whether it's work-related, personal life-related, family-related, etc., etc. Because, you know, 2020 has been a crazy year, but I'm sure crazy shit has been happening to some of you guys your entire life. So with that being said, let's go ahead and introduce you the guests to episode 132. Episode 132's guest is none other than my man Two C's, a rapper out of Whittier, California. And Two C's, man, he had a little troubled uh, childhood for sure. So we talk about that, his journey into music, some of his background and whatnot, becoming a father too. So it's a very fun conversation. I, I'm trying to think of other adjectives other than to say, hey, it's a very great conversation because I think all my conversations are great, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> without further ado, hope you enjoy the great and fun conversation with my man Two C's and myself. Well, thank you again for hopping on the show. Yep. So uh, I guess we could start where, you know, how you first got interested in music at its earliest, <clears throat> what you can remember from your childhood. Okay. Um, I mean, as a kid, I guess you could say that music has always been kind of like, uh, it's just been really present in my life. Like growing up, like uh, my parents were really into like the Rolling Stones, mm. Bob Dylan, uh, Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. So... At a really young age, I would just hear all these songs over and over, kind of like classic rock. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think my dad was more passionate about it than my mom. But um, you know, we'll be in the car and he'll be singing these songs at the top of his lungs, like yeah. all into it. So I'm like, damn, this is like he really loves these songs, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, maybe that was his escape, or not escape, but I mean, like you know how music takes you to another place. It's like a stress reliever. So yeah, I seen what it was for pops. So. Uh, then I got old enough to kind of pick and choose what I like. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of relating to a lot of uh, punk rock or like mm-hmm. alternative rock at a real young age. So, um, yeah, that kind of like sparked it, you know, to where like I really cared about music. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'll go to Warehouse Records or Tower Records, bro. Yeah. Throwback, you know, like yeah. before LimeWire and all that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, dude, like if I was, you know, getting good grades or just handling business, I'd be like, all right, go ahead and pick out like three, four CDs Uh or something like that. So yeah, man, it was, you know, powerful for me to get those CDs and I'll take them to my room and just memorize every word and stuff like that. So yeah, that kind of sparked it, I guess you could say. What were some of like the first CDs that you bought? Damn. I want to say, um, Blink-182. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like Dude Ranch. Um, what else was another one? There was another one like called like Hoobastank. Uh-huh. They died out. They're long gone. But Hoobastank was one. Uh, Offspring, mm-hmm. Americana. Damn, what else? Couple like alternative stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. alternative rock. So that was like huge. Um, mm-hmm. Those are the only. I think like Smash Mouth or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was like the first start of me like getting music kind of like memorizing songs and really liking songs okay so that was the origin i mean for sure like it shifted you know like my lifestyle and just uh what i like Mm -hmm. definitely shifted over the years but that was the origin of really like liking music a lot yeah Yeah. how did it shift from like that punk rock alternative rock to like hip-hop eventually um so yeah like i mean as a kid or whatever like i would like i would play guitar so Mm -hmm. i was never really great but like as a kid i was all into this like punk and alternative so i was like fuck i want to be a rock star you know like (laughs) i want to i want to play guitar i want to learn an instrument yeah so i started doing a lot of that uh playing guitar having like crappy little bands you know like (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um i guess the shift really happened like when i started smoking weed kind of you know so i'm like you know now i'm hanging out with other people we're smoking and uh I guess the people that I hung out with really liked hip hop more. Mm-hmm. I never cared for hip hop for a long time, yeah. you know, until I got to a certain point. But um, yeah, long story short, like I would start smoking with these dudes or whatever, and it was kind of like uh, that was the music that was being played. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just started like liking it, you know, and it was, uh, you know, when you're young, you know, like you see a bunch of people liking something, you kind of want to like it too. Yeah. So I guess you could say it kind of started that way. So I was like opening up my music catalog a little bit. Mm. Um, but yeah, man, um, we used to have all this like hip hop on my friend's Xbox. Mm. We would go, we would like hang out after school, smoke, and then he would just play this freaking like <laughs> thousand songs saved on his Xbox. So yeah. that was like Bone Thugs. I was like Tupac, Biggie, all the classic hip hop stuff, you know, mm. Easy E. So um, a lot of real chill hip hop too, like um, Tribe Called Quest. Yeah. Uh, what's that other group from Detroit or something uh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about Jay yeah, Dilla was in yeah it's oh, Slum Village Slum Village yeah. yeah so we started doing a lot of that and uh, you know I just started relating to it I guess um, a little bit more than rock mm-hmm. you know at that time in my life so yeah kind of like just 
kept evolving from there you know like then it turned into like MERS and Atmosphere and um, Vinnie Paz you know like it started evolving into the underground thing and um, yeah you know like I just started doing like graffiti and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so like that kind of lifestyle hip hop is going to be a lot more present Mm -hmm. and doing stuff like that and people I'm associating with so yeah I don't know that's when hip hop kind of just took over like I kind of just forgot about rock for a long time yeah okay What made you want to get into the graffiti or like what you feel when you were doing it? It was like really young, man. Like honestly, like it was kind of like it grew on me after time. But at the initial start, I was only like 12, you know, Mm -hmm. my friends had like Sharpies and they're like scribbling on stuff. And they're like, yeah, we got nicknames. and We got a crew. I was like, oh, shit, like that's cool. Like I want a nickname. So, yeah, I don't know. Like my name actually comes from um this band called AFI I don't know if you ever heard of it Mm -mm. yeah some old like little punk band or something but the lead singer's name was like Davey Havoc and I was like that sounds bad like I'm gonna steal his name you know (laughs) but use it for something else but yeah so that like you know I started scribbling my little name and um I was like really young but then like as time went on I started like having friends that were really dope you know like we're now they're piecing out they got these cool styles you know like um Mm -hmm. And where I'm from in like Whittier, like tagging scene was pretty popping. It was pretty cool and crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just started taking it a little more serious. I was like, oh, I'm going to start like, you know, practicing my bombs and my letters or whatever. Yeah. So uh, from there, it just kind of evolved, you know, and I was meeting some like really respected taggers. But um, nice. yeah, I guess like tagging and hip hop kind of go hand in hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, goes hand in hand. So um, I don't know. It just kept evolving and evolving from there, you know, like. Um, going under the train tracks, you know, mm-hmm. under the freeway overpasses and just uh, really getting down painting and being inspired by um, like people that are really talented. Yeah. I have a couple of friends that are actually still painting like actively today, but like they're on a whole nother level now. Like right. they're doing the legal graffiti and right. they, you know say, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like they're talking to building owners and they're like, yo, can we piece up right here? This mm-hmm. and that. And it looks amazing. And um, yeah, I respect that. that kind of come from that you know like yeah. the graffiti era so salute to them yeah I think yeah. it's interesting though too cause like hip hop I don't know how much history you know but like mm-hmm. it kind of came up with graffiti For and sure. like as hip hop got more popular graffiti got more popular too and now yeah. you see like a local mechanic or a local mm-hmm. whatever like a local donut shop may have a graffiti as their mm-hmm. name or their big sign or on their side of the wall and I think that's cool because definitely for a long time like graffiti was very criminalized and even when I was oh, a yeah. kid it was seen like very down upon yeah but i don't know i guess it just it, it was like they're obviously like it's their form of art mm-hmm. and sure yeah they're vandalizing you can see it as a vandalism but yeah it's just the way they can express themselves because they didn't have other opportunities let's say through school or through fancy art classes that kind of stuff so right it's interesting how i like that the culture has flipped or we're more accepting of it yeah because it is it's like it's wonderful to see that street art especially like when you go to downtowns now like a lot of downtown buildings Oh, are yeah. cool with you know people like you know painting whole murals and stuff like that for sure and that graffiti t- style art yeah i mean like um yeah it's definitely like hand in hand because there's like what elements there's like b-boy dancing yeah there's graffiti there's emceeing and uh scratching yeah, yeah you know what i mean so like yeah dude it's always been a big part um and like for me like i guess graffiti like creating a name in a persona and uh, having like a band of brothers and like a brotherhood and a crew and uh, people that have your back and kind of like, you know, consider them as family over time. Mm-hmm. If you rock with the same people long enough, like it's definitely a way to express yourself um, 
and it's almost like um, how do you say like it's definitely an expression but it's almost like um, it's just like how do I say it? it's like hard to say it's like you, once you actually care about the art I mean there's yeah. people that scribble on the wall like and it's not that good yeah so that's like kind of like ah, oh, you're just trashing the city but when you actually care about like you know the, the actual product mm-hmm. and the art and um yeah it's just like um not everybody has an opportunity to be something like i don't know i guess like kind of where i'm from like not everyone envisions themselves to be great yeah you know yeah like you're not doing good at school maybe you're not an athlete you're not this creative person you Mm -hmm. know what i mean so like graffiti was a way for us to feel like um you know i'm creating a name for myself yeah you know like i'm able to definitely express myself but like i'm somebody you know it makes you feel like you're somebody to certain people you know and especially at a young age i feel like a lot of people can be going through that you know like right they don't know who they are they don't know where they're going to be in 10 years they don't have a plan you know but Mm. it's a way to express themselves and kind of feel like um you know getting attention yeah and um yeah i mean like it's kind of like that in gang culture i guess you could say too you know like Mm. you're young Maybe the family thing isn't present, but you join this band of brothers that right. got your back, and now you're somebody. So it's kind of like it goes hand in hand, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing, too. You can find it in everything, right? Like, my outlet was sports, right. and, like, I always right. had that sense of, like, you know, being with a team, having right. teammates, people that you're really close to that, you know, are lifelong friends, and other people that you just kind of know, and they're acquaintances, and mm-hmm. you see them out, you're like, hi, but yeah, that's it. But you had to work t- together with them to play that sport. For and sure. maybe put your differences aside, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and, you know, work towards a common goal. So I see what you're saying. There's like that unity that yeah. sense of it, right? Having your crew. Definitely. And I wasn't just growing up the entire time, like just knuckleheaded out, you yeah. know, like, no, I actually played baseball for many years. Yeah. Yeah. Like I played baseball, like for a long time, um, all stars, we won like championships. So we did tournament of champions mm. played not far from here. And like, I think it was Brea. Okay. But, um, yeah, like, you know, like that kind of, I was really good, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was a pitcher, bro. Yeah. I was really good, man. Like, I don't even know why I stopped playing, like, just kind of messing around in the street, kind of, but, um, yeah, dude, like, definitely, like, the Band of Brothers thing originated from that, before graffiti or anything like that, it Mm -hmm. was definitely sports, um, and being really good, Yeah, you know, because, like, it was, like, at a point where it's, like, boom, it's, like, um, you know, like, out of the league, you know, I'm probably, like, top five guys, Mm -hmm. so there's always these guys, I don't know, what sport did you play, was it? Football, I played a little bit of everything, honestly, but football was my main sport, yeah. That's right, that's dope, yeah, so, like, I don't know, man, like, just baseball and just being great, and, like, people tell me, like, yo, you you might have a future doing this, you might have an opportunity, we want you to go to this school, like, it made me feel like, um, I was great at something, Yeah. so I stopped playing, and, um, you know, so now it's, like, it left this, like, thing in the back of my head like anything i want to do i want to be great because even though at a young age i was playing i'm super young but um definitely had a lot of talent so i guess anything i do now which is like you know art whether it be graffiti whether it be rapping it's like i want to be great you know like i want to push myself to uh be good at what i do i don't want to be playing with it you know anything i do i don't want to waste my time i don't want to uh just be doing it just because i'm bored like yeah anything i decide to do like full time or even like with my time I got to go hard, you know? Yeah. So I try to keep that mindset with, like, anything I do. Yeah. And I think it's cool when you have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Like you said, too, people were kind of saying, like, what schools you should go to. Yeah. Whether it's sports or hip-hop or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. people are going to start investing in you, which is always cool, right. too. Like, if you can get 
a complete stranger to buy into you like whether it's a coach or someone from a label or whatever you know right, like right if they can get behind you like damn it's a cool feeling like you yeah. know nothing about me but because yeah. of my piece of work or what i do mm-hmm. like now you're into me you want me to go here or you want me to sign this right that right kind of thing, you know it gives you that just like confidence you know so i guess like you know baseball was my first initial like uh time where i felt like i was really good at something you yeah. know i was really good at this sport and then i stopped playing and that kind of went away so I was like, damn, like, how am I going to, um, what else am I going to be great at? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was like, you know, big devastating thing for me to stop playing. But it's like, what else am I going to be great at? And there wasn't really a lot on the table at the time. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I was acting out in school or whatever. Um, graffiti, like, I didn't really get that good until years down the line. Because yeah. I got to go through the trial and error learning how yeah. to do it. So, But even with that, there's no real money in that. You know what I mean? There's yeah. not, like, a future in that. Like, oh, I'm going to be this famous graffiti artist. Like, right. There's not really much. And then um, just my passion for music, my passion for writing, you know, reading and writing was big for me. So um, music just kind of fell in my lap after a while you know I was like well you know like there is potential to do things with music and sell it and put your life out there or whatever so I kind of just started leaning towards that after a certain certain point in life yeah Yeah. was that like in high school after high school or kind of like around what that time was I mean like graffiti was like serious for me I guess through all throughout high school you know um and then after that like um I got in a lot of trouble because of it yeah (laughs) a lot of like drama so um long story short i went through like a lot of drama and crazy stuff through graffiti so i got to a point where i was like man like i'm getting a little burnt out on this you know like if i keep going down this route like it's not gonna be good i'm gonna just end up in more trouble it's gonna be more uh drama more bs and yeah yeah, i saw a lot of crappy stuff happen to people i grew up with so at that time it was kind of like my kind of decision to be like i'm gonna focus my time into something else yeah something positive you know so that's when i kind of started like rapping it wasn't like super serious um i just really love music so i was like i'm gonna like this is my new way of expressing myself you know it's my new way of uh being artistic Mm -hmm. instead of scribbling on the walls so um yeah man that was like a very life-changing thing for me you know because um i don't know i wasn't like totally great at first Mm -hmm. but i just knew i had some kind of passion for it yeah so i just stuck with it man i was like you know like i'm not gonna let um be like a statistic or whatever you know what i mean like that was in the back of my head like i'm not gonna go out like that yeah i'm gonna try to just stay positive uh by any means and yeah it just kind of kept elevating i met more like-minded people like that uh people that i grew up with like in my knucklehead days i guess you could (laughs) say like you know like i seen things not going so great you know because they continue the knucklehead path yeah and i'm like all right well i feel like i'm making the right decision now yeah (laughs) you know so i just kept running with it man um just kept creating just kept getting better meeting like-minded people and um i think it's been really good to me you know like not obviously like rich i'm not a billionaire or nothing but you know i'm able to sell like products i'm able to sell a little bit of merch i'm able to put my music out and um it's really just an expression of self man you know like it's like um i got a lot in my head i got things i want to create i'm an artist so like i have to create whether it's drawing whether it's a rapper you know, I just have something in me that needs to create. So, um, yeah, bro, it was just a perfect outlet. Yeah. And yeah. It's, from what it sounds like, too, it's like something you love, right? Definitely. Any Anytime you do something that you're really passionate about, it's mm-hmm. 100 times easier than settling for something that you're not, right? For and sure. A lot of times, like we were talking about earlier, like people in our generation, we're starting to break from like that, you know, working <clears> a nine to five and then kind of 
working there, same company, 20, 30 years, mm-hmm. retiring, collecting a social security, etc. Like, right. We don't crave that as much as generations before us. We want to be the entrepreneurs, whether it's mm-hmm. through music, through art, graphic design, whatever. Like, yeah. all kinds of outlets that people are trying to pursue right. to where they're like, they're their own boss, but they're also like, they're creating their own schedule and kind of pursuing things they like, you know, mm-hmm. not, not settling for things that make them unhappy i guess what i'm trying to say you know yeah no i mean like now in this day and age is beautiful because we're thinking outside the box you know what i mean and we're seeing all these app creators we're seeing content creators and we're seeing people they're able to live off of doing things that they like and they don't have to follow this formula that's been set since like 1900 yeah yeah. i mean (laughs) get a job get a pension work there 30 years yeah so like we're kind of breaking from that uh cycle Mm -hmm. and i think that's a beautiful thing um and like even for people that like you know like the cycle because um i know that people like you know they need that reliable kind of like money sometimes you know like they need something that's stable you know and um i think you could do both you know and then you know get your side hustle on and then once you get it to where it's like okay this side hustle has wheels on it now Mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's got some momentum now i think i'm ready to leave this like cookie cutter dream in the dust yeah, yeah push forward with this um but yeah because i work a regular job you know what i mean like and i enjoy it and i like it and i see a future in it but um you know also at the same time i never let go of like uh the things that i really love to do you know and to you know even if i have to balance both of them or if one's gonna take over you know like i'm just letting time kind of dictate how i want to do it you Mm -hmm. know yeah yeah but that's crazy crazy world right now man yeah very crazy (laughs) Crazy time I just see so much like people like you know like I have friends I grew up with like some of them are tattoo artists and um mm-hmm. now they own their shop yeah you know what I mean and like yeah. that's like like this guy's not following no cookie cutter formula like right. you know he's a felon like he can't go into <laughs> a job and be like hey hire me there and be like well what about this thing on your record like oh well you know what I mean so it's yeah. like you know it forces you like that puts a fire under your ass and it forces you to be like okay like I'm not going to fit into regular society. They're judging me for a mistake I made at 19 years old. Yeah. I can't vote. I can't legally own a firearm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. so, um, things like that can shape you and it can make you be like, well, I've already outgrown that side of me. Like, I want to hustle. Like, so it's going to make me, force me to create my own business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, you know, shout out to my uh, tattoo artist, Bogus. Like, he's a big inspiration in that aspect. I'm mm-hmm. like, you know he went abstract with it and he really pushed it you know he owns his own business he's smart he's making good dough he uh he's able to support himself and i'm like mm-hmm. man that's motivating you know yeah same thing with the barbers you know like barbers yeah. are doing that too it's uh shout out to noise my barber like he did same basically the same route different thing mm-hmm. you know what i mean instead of tattooing he was cutting hair and mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people out there that are doing stuff like that you know whether it be creating a podcast whether it be creating shirt brands yeah. like there's so many outlets out there to be your own boss yeah yeah and like you say because society kind of forces them out of like any normal i don't say normal but just like that typical nine to five life right and they mm-hmm. can't go on jobs and i have like family members too that are kind of going through that mm-hmm. and they're older they're 50 plus years old but they right like, I feel like sometimes they keep going back into it mm-hmm. because they haven't learned how to adapt and whatever. It doesn't have to be starting your own brand or business, but it, you right. know, you have to think outside the box. You no longer mm-hmm. can work a good job and, you know, afford all these nice things. Like you got to right. do things a little differently and like right. kind of think outside the box, like you were saying earlier and just be mm-hmm. creative and find a different outlet, whether it is tattoos, cutting hair, whatever. Yeah. You know? And it doesn't even always have to be, um, totally like artistic like oh i gotta be this artsy guy or i gotta be a yeah. haircutter it could be 
uh, you could own your own roofing business. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you're still your own boss. You don't yeah. got to clock in. You don't got to answer to anybody. But like, you know, you could have your little five, six workers. You could do whatever you want. You could yeah. be chilling at the pad. Hey, I got a new client. I'm going to go check out the house, give you an estimate, run them up those bands. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. there's like, so you could be your own boss in something that like people need whether it be food i think food's awesome yeah how i see like you know these badass chefs yeah creating these these plates and uh these um innovative things you know like i don't know if you heard but there's this like weed restaurant in hollywood i forgot what it's called no no yeah it's like kind of like you could smoke in there you could uh and they infuse the food i think or yeah you could buy the joints (laughs) they got you have a beer so that's like innovative though you know it's like you know it's a it's a path that people have gone down but with a twist you know obviously there's restaurants but it's like okay we're gonna twist it up yeah same thing with like uber you know what i mean whoever created that that guy's a genius you know people are tired of the taxi life or whatever so it's just crazy, you know, like there's there's all kinds of things that people need. We're, we're humans, you know, we got to eat, we need clothes, mm-hmm. we need uh, services for our homes or for our whatever. But, you know, to add a twist to it nowadays, it's like, I think it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And you mentioned something earlier too about buying CDs. And like, mm-hmm. I was, when as you were saying that, I missed like the, like having the physical hard copy of CDs. Yeah. But it's so much easier now, like Spotify and Apple, where you can get literally almost any song. Yeah. Like with this, you know, type search, right? And whatever. Oh, yeah. You can listen to anything, almost anything, for what like a low cost of like eight, nine dollars a month. You know, I'm student. Spotify's biggest fan, man. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh yeah, bro. So it's crazy. Biggest fan. You know, it, it completely ran the CD business and mm-hmm. you know vinyls and tapes and all that stuff out of the water, right? And There's a certain vibe though. Like, I mean, I love Spotify and my music's on there, but um, you know, like there's a certain like, how do you say? It's like um. It's like a vibe, dude. Like when you go into like a record store and you're like, I'm going to dig through these records. I don't know what I want. You know, like I'm going to look through it and see what what catches my eye. And it's like, oh, like, you know, like I found this. You go home, you open up the CD, you check out the little pictures on the packet. Yeah. And then you pop that thing in there and then you listen to it. It's like your best friend for the next two weeks. Yeah. yeah. That's a vibe kind of, you know, and it's like uh, nowadays I feel like... um, we don't have the attention span like you know mm. like people would rather hear a playlist of like 10 different rappers as opposed to like i'm gonna hear the same dude with his whole album yeah we don't have the attention span for it. there's so much going on in the music industry yeah so it's like um you got to get the attention quick yeah you know there you, there's no time for you to be like um wasting time really right yeah, and you, and you see that in like album links like i have a few mm-hmm. friends that from high school that were all big hip-hop heads and we talk about how like you know, back when we were in 2004, when like Wayne right. was dropping a bunch of stuff for Eminem, whatever, like mm-hmm. there were like 20 song albums, you know? And yeah. now you're lucky to get like a eight, nine, 10 song album, right? Seven, eight tracks is a full album nowadays. Yeah. And, and people still skip songs. Yeah. They're like, yeah. all right, let me get to the good one. Exactly. So it's a yeah. little different. It's, I, I can see what you're saying. It's mm-hmm. almost overwhelming sometimes to have Spotify because mm-hmm. you have the entire music library. Like, well, what do I want to listen to next? Like, yeah, I don't know, you know? I mean, it's definitely a good. I I think the music industry probably don't like it. Yeah. And honestly, I don't think artists like it either. Mm-hmm. You make way more money selling like let's say when if there is no yeah. Spotify. CDs. Yeah, if your CDs 10, 15 dollars a pop. You know what I mean? Like that's way different cuz spot uh streaming numbers I don't think they're paying you as much as a CD. No, hell no. You, you have know to get what, what like, is it a thousand streams, 10,000? You got to get a shitload of streams to Before. get a little bit of yeah. money, you know <laughs> what I mean? So it's like, that definitely changed, like, these 
rappers like from back in the day like let's say like snoop ice cube uh people are still around like that um Mm -hmm. they're still really successful off of selling all these albums you know Mm -hmm. but nowadays like it's like people i really respect in the music like put out an album man it could be a great album that's just done like within like a month like people already forgot about it yeah. like well this next album came out this guy dropped the next day yeah i heard it and then people are done with it like they move on really fast mm. to where like maybe a doggy style album would be like okay this is gonna suffice you for the next like two years yeah you're gonna bang it faithfully and you're gonna yeah. be waiting for that next album but now it's like there's just so it, the game is saturated you know that's true and not only saturated but it's a lot more accessible like you know when i was really really young like going to the studio is like this mystical thing like oh i gotta get an engineer there's like boards there's this this you know what i mean it mm-hmm. seemed like a lot harder to do yeah than it actually is so nowadays you can get a laptop you can get a program you can get a mic you're good to go yeah you don't need this full-on studio and i think the fact that that's a lot more accessible it just changes how many more people want to do it right you know so there's a lot of uh, stuff out there you got to weed through mm-hmm. you know untalented people but with that being said, there's also a lot of really good talent out there too, you know? Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, they're not... It's a bigger pool. Yeah, it's a bigger pool. So you might actually run into some really talented people, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of people are trying to do it. They're seeing the success that uh, artists are having and, you know, they want a piece of it. And they're inspired. Yeah. So it's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. Because I think during, like, the 2000s, right, is, like, when a lot of artists started becoming, like, really rich off of it, right? Like, mm-hmm. the P. Diddy's and, like, Jay-Z's right. and all them, like... Mm-hmm. they really got rich core like a lot of the old heads like you never saw public enemy or like maybe maybe nwa but like even then they weren't like super super rich you didn't see them as like you know mm-hmm. guys living lavishly they were still kind of sticking to the streets but the other guys you know i think they call it like the jiggy era where it's like yeah. you know they started wearing like nice stuff yeah flashing big chains big cars big watches that kind of stuff and right all of a sudden that became the thing like everyone wanted to live by yeah and, and i think you know, like you said, I, I, I like that there's a lot more artists out there. Mm-hmm. Like you said, sometimes there is artists just out there for the the money of it. Yeah. It, it, it kind of, not saying that they're not good. They can have some good content out there too, but it's just, mm-hmm. it, it almost like sometimes dilutes what the start of hip hop was for. Just kind of like, for sure. like you said, like graffiti, like an expression of self, right? But now yeah. that's become mainstream. It's more commercialized. I think like a lot of rappers in those days because I listen to a lot of podcasts too like Gangster Chronicles um, I hear so I hear these older rappers come on and they tell like the podcast dude they're like man we had shitty deals mm-hmm. we had horrible deals like you know like they were putting barely any bread in our pockets we're selling half a million albums yeah. and we ain't getting no bread for it we can't even survive Yeah. so it's like you know like and even rappers to this day could be in like 360 deals or putting on a facade that they're rich. Yeah. Getting a big gold chain, that thing might be hollow. Yeah. <laughs> Straight <laughs> up. Like, it's probably hollow. Yeah. And um, like you mentioned a few names like Jay Z and Master P, though. But like, I actually read something recently on Master P, which was crazy. Like, um, like he had a deal, but he used all his own money to record himself mm. to he may i think i want to say he had like an in-house i don't know if he makes beats or not i'm not sure but mm. long story short he put up his own bread to create his own album and okay. he just wanted to go through the label to distribute it right so they actually like uh gave him his money back after it was all said and done and they were like he was like well hold on you you guys are charging me for studio time yeah for uh recording for engineers for this and that he's like nah i put up all my own money so yeah I want to say he sued or something, but he had a real business kind of mind. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, he was, I want to say, he was dope, bro. I want to say he was signed to, like, an NBA team, right? Yeah. Movies, uh, music. He's like Black Superman, bro. You know, like he's like he does it all. Yeah. And Jay Z, you everybody knows about Jay Z. You know what right. I mean? He's in the similar aspect. Like, uh, you know, they really went into music as like I'm gonna treat this like a business. I'm not yeah. all excited just to get a record deal. I'm not excited to sign my name on a dotted line. I'm gonna read the fine print and I'm yeah. gonna make sure that, you know what I mean? I'm getting the right piece of pie. And yeah. I think that just like you know, I think we all gotta think like that. You yeah. know, if you if we're content creators, if we're uh if we have, you know, a product that we really believe in, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be so quick to sign a uh, crappy little deal just because someone believes in you. Mm-hmm. And that will get people, though, like, oh, someone believes in me. Mm-hmm. They're going to give me a chance. Like, they're going to throw a couple dollars my way. Like, yeah, a lot of people, you know, they'll sign their life away for some shit like that. Yeah. But I think it's tough, too. They they, they prey on the weak. And maybe not, mm-hmm. I don't say weak, like, mm-hmm. we're weak people, but, like, the they naive. prey on naive and I just feel like you know a lot of people who come up in hip hop come from poorer communities right and they never really had much so for sure you just flash a little bit of money in front of them like they're gonna be like yeah what the fuck why not and yeah but I I hear like I listen to the game a lot and you know he always talks about like buying back his masters for like the first documentary Oh, I think that's crazy. Yeah, the game. Oh, okay. And I, I really like fucked with that album. That was one of my favorite albums. Like, yeah. Hey, I love it. Is one of my favorite songs. Yeah, I'm a huge game fan for yeah. sure. Yeah. And he talks yeah. about how like he doesn't own those masters, and I'm just like, damn, that's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. that was his art. Like, I'm sure he wrote that. He, you know, was uh, played a part in producing it. That's his album. Mm-hmm. And he still can't like. Well, he had a lot hit, of heavy you know? hitters involved in that though. Because yeah, true. You're signed to Interscope, right? And then you're signed by Dre. I want to say, I'm not even Dre. I think you were signed by like 50, uh, G-Unit. Yeah, yeah. So G-Unit had their hands all up in there. Mm-hmm. And then G-Unit signed to Dre. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know what I mean? Like Aftermath. Mm-hmm. And Aftermath has like this joint deal with Interscope. Yeah. So there's so many hands in that pot. Right, that's and true. And that's his best album. I mean, I don't want to say best music-wise. What is the most memorable? The most successful. Yeah. That's the most successful album. Commercially successful. Probably selling units successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that probably irks him, you know, because after that, I feel like, you know, what was his next follow-up one after that? Uh, I think it was uh, it was either LAX or I, I've drawn a blank on the other one. I want to say it was something before LAX because yeah, it was, it was a documentary one. and there was... Doctor's Advocate. Was that the next one? Yeah. That was the next one. Yeah. With Let's Ride and uh, right. Wouldn't Get Far. Right. Yeah. Right. That was a good one, too. <laughs> that was a good one. But yeah, yeah man, you know, like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I think he's still been able to, like, stay successful. Yeah. And stay uh, relevant. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, man, I, I hear a lot of, I forgot who it was. It was like, a, I don't know, this one group came on and they were just on this podcast, Gangster Chronicles, and they were just saying, like, yeah, these deals we signed, like, they were just trash, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that's just a big thing that anybody in the music industry should watch out for, you know? Like, because mm-hmm. there's some people that are making a lot of noise and a lot of buzz, and it's like, um, you know, Instagram's a motherfucker nowadays, too, because they'll have you thinking, like, this guy's rich. Like, he's wearing this, he's wearing mm-hmm. that, he's wearing this and that. Mm-hmm. I've even heard some rappers come out on Instagram and be like, man, don't let these dudes fool you nowadays. Right. Like, you know, like, someone working a regular-ass job might be just making it just as much money as this guy. Yeah. You know, don't let the Gucci headband fool you. Like, right. you know, so, you know, 
just gotta be careful out there yeah exactly because instagram we choose what we want to portray and we can portray a very like lavish style and i think Mm -hmm. that's one thing i do try and do with like my social medias is try and be like real like i don't Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't. I'm not a flashy person, anyways. But like, right. I try to keep it real when I do post stuff, right? And kind of keep it genuine, so like you can see like the good, but like sometimes ugly. Not super ugly, obviously. I'm not gonna put the worst stuff on there, but, but just real. Yeah, some real stuff on there too. Yeah. You know, it's good to see both because I think that is something that's lost with social media. Mm-hmm. And like, I work with a bunch of kids, and like, they're middle school age, and they're all on social media, and I feel like they're caught up even at that age with like their social media presence, and it's like, yeah. yo, like. That's not really important though. Like, what do you like as a person not, in like real man. life, you know? And yeah. uh, and, and sometimes you know you just see that get so caught, caught up so much. It's like, dang, you're not even eighteen. Like, I I come from and I think you too. You know, you come from an age where social media didn't get big in my lifetime. I was in high school, and right? You, and it was just Facebook at the time. Instagram yeah. wasn't around to like right after. What about MySpace, bro? Was that before your time or what? I was I <laughs> I heard about MySpace, but I was never into it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah but I started with MySpace. Okay. Yeah, I went to Facebook. <laughs> but my parents were always uh. They heard too many stories of like you know predators on MySpace oh, getting yeah. people, yeah. so they were like super anti that. And so oh, for sure. I think I don't know Facebook was seen more friendlier, so they were cool with that. But I remember like mm. they were super anti MySpace. Yeah, man, it's crazy. And like I talk about this with my friends all the time too. Like growing up, like you know we didn't give a shit about a social media presence. Yeah, we didn't care. Like yeah. you know, like we went out there and we were outside. Yeah, we were skateboarding. We were. Um, fighting we were smoking we were yeah. joking around we we're uh you know drinking beers going to parties like we didn't get a damn what people thought of us online yeah. you know what i mean yeah and i think that's a good thing you know because now i see these kids and it's like technology is beautiful but like it shouldn't like consume you mm-hmm. like i see young kids now like they don't leave their room they just play video games all day yeah they don't go outside they don't scrape their knees they don't uh, <laughs> they don't meet real live friends you know yeah, like yeah. so it's like i feel like that aspect of like humanity is being lost and i don't like it like yeah i'm gonna do my like i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna let my kids play with video games but like you know like i want them to have that real life experience like yo take a walk to the park yeah be back before the sunlights come on you know yeah it's a crazy world out there i mean there's now we're hearing all these stories of like predators and this and that lurking around so um you know definitely be weary of that but i don't know man like i miss those days where it was like you know what like i'm just gonna take off on my skateboard and see who i see i'm gonna skate park i'm gonna uh go to my friend's house see what we do and nowadays everything is just like social media which is good like you know use it to your advantage but as an adult you know what i mean yeah that's good but as a kid you need to have time to be a kid too yeah you know a real kid like mm-hmm. so it's crazy yeah i remember for me it was like more of the bike but i would sometimes just bike to my friend's house mm-hmm. and, and this was before phones and so we didn't like plan anything out we would just yeah would just show up and be like yo like what are you getting into today like mm-hmm. all right let's let's you do this you know we hop on the playstation tube and then go yeah. to the park or whatever you know mm-hmm. it was kind of like it was like more in the moment you know and not yeah. everything was so we're living for the moment you know like back then we're living for the moment and we're just enjoying the moment we're really indulging in the moment yeah nowadays even if let's say kids link up and go with their friends they're on their phone like you know what i mean like it's like boom we're just scrolling away it's like (laughs) damn bro like enjoy the moment like you know you don't know i don't know you don't know if tomorrow's promised you know so it's like i don't know i try to live in the moment as much as possible Mm -hmm. i'm guilty of being on my phone a lot i think everybody in this day and age is but um you know when i'm really like 
doing something or if I'm with my kids or like, you know, I'm with a family or, you know, I try to leave it alone. I try to forget about it and be like, you know, I'm indulging this moment. I'm going to, you know, live it to its fullest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you just mentioned that your father, are your kids at the age where they are like dealing with technology and how do you kind of like parent that? They're four and two. And unfortunately, (laughs) you can't hide it nowadays. Like, you know what I mean? Like we have tablets, we have phones and you know what I mean? Like there was a point where it was like, you know, like, uh, let's say my kids fussy, we're at a restaurant or something or Mm -hmm. or a doctor's office. And they're like, you know what? Peppa Pig, dude, here you go. (laughs) And then they get that little taste. Now my daughter's four. She's already smart with that thing. You know, like she knows exactly what to do. And it's like, uh, you know, so we'll let her have it for a little bit. But luckily she's uh, she likes to play a lot. So okay. like she'd rather go to the park. Good. Yeah. If I tell her like, hey, let's go to the park. She'll drop that phone any in a second. Yeah. But um, she definitely does like it. You know, at, in the beginning, she was like, you know, I don't want to say overdoing it. But she was like, you know, she'll be on it for like two hours. I'm like, dude, you're like four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I didn't have a cell phone until, like, sophomore year in high school. Yeah. Like, you're four. Like, you already want a phone. Like, now. Nah. So then we started kind of limiting it a little bit. Like, okay, nah. Like, you could watch it for a few minutes here and there. But after that, you got to go outside. You got to ride your bike. You got to ride your scooter. So, yeah. Um, yeah, she's um, a really smart kid. So she's definitely out there riding her bike, her scooter. And uh, my son, too, you know, like, uh, pretty much same scenario. You know, we gave him a little taste. He likes it. So... I think we use it more now to calm them down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if they're if they're crying or they're upset or uh, they're bored or we're trying to do something, you know, without them, it's like, yo, take this phone. <laughs> Have fun. Yeah, zone out for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like enjoy yourself. Um, but yeah, we kind of do it like that. Yeah. yeah. How did how did becoming a father like kind of change your life and, and just not how the way you live? Um, let's see, man. It, it, I think it affected me a lot. Like, um, within my family like i feel like we're very distant you know like i don't see my cousins all the time i don't see my aunts and uncles all the time um so you know and my parents are actually divorced they've been divorced since i was like seven Mm -hmm. so for most of my life i would say it's just been like me and moms you know Mm -hmm. and um you know like she's um long story short she's not like the like oh let me give you a hug every single day and kiss you like because i was a bad kid yeah. <laughs> i was bad so she was you know she's like man just stay out of trouble like you know so like um i think that like uh when i had my kids it made me be like you know what like i want my kids to know that they're loved yeah and to know that like you know i want their best interest and that they really got someone that really rocks with them and nothing they do could mm-hmm. change that, you know? So, um, you know, I use my life experience, I guess, and like uh, experience with like family and love to kind of like see what works and what doesn't work. So um, long story short, like I just want to give them a lot of love and let them, you know, I saw this meme that was crazy the other day and it was like, um, make sure that you love the shit out of your kids so they don't be out in these streets looking for it from someone else and all messed up yeah and i see that in like you know like different people in the community like um neglected kids could go down bad paths uh neglected females for sure can go down bad paths and um you know i just don't want that to be like an option for them in their head like they can never be like you know what like pops didn't care or uh pops didn't try so it's like you know that to me that's like bare minimum stuff that should be like mandatory you know yeah 
So, um, yeah, I just want to make sure that the love is instilled. And, you know, once we get to a point, it's like, okay, now we got to take your life serious. You know, like, Mm -hmm. do good in school. Don't be messing around. Don't be acting up. Mm -hmm. And uh, preserve yourself, you know. Don't get, like how I told you some of my friends, like, boom, felons by the time they're, like, 18, 19. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're already, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you're barely starting adulthood. You're barely starting adulthood, and now you're already exed out of like this building and that building and this job and that job and mm-hmm. who knows what else. And it's like you know, like don't write yourself off so so early. Like mm-hmm. you know, take your time. We, we got a lot of life to live, and childhood goes quick. Yeah. So you know, hopefully, I can instill some good habits into them. Um, you know, right off the bat. Mm-hmm. But you know, it affects my life. You know, because now it's like um, you know, introduce me to like a different kind of love. You know. It's like really, uh, it's really affectionate, you know. It's like, man, I, you know, we're really close, man. You know, yeah. like I'm reading to them, I'm getting them dressed, you know, or um, just being a father, man. And it's like, uh, it's a different kind of love. It's really special. And mm-hmm. when they say, like, you know, like you don't know what it's like until your parent, like it's for real, like you know, like mm-hmm. it's unconditional. And yeah, it's crazy, you know, like because I see people that I know, not even that I know, but just like people in general, you know, you hear like. Uh, stuff on Instagram like people ranting like oh my baby daddy like he doesn't do this he doesn't do that he's not around it's like mm-hmm. um, yeah I think that's, that sucks you know what I mean obviously it sucks but mm-hmm. it's like you know when I see that I feel bad I'm like damn like I'm not gonna let that I'm not gonna be able to have that go on in my life yeah just try to do my best to be present and just be a good dad yeah yeah. And that's important too because you mentioned it earlier you said that you were a bad kid and like yeah. I'm pretty sure convinced having worked with kids there's no there's very few bad kids. Mm-hmm. There's kids who do bad things, but I feel like a lot of times they're just misguided. Like oh, they're, for sure. They're either not getting attention. There's something going on at home. Yeah. They don't feel like they can express themselves. For sure. So that's like the coolest thing about like working with kids because like you see that and you're like, oh, okay, you just need that. And then mm-hmm. they clean up their act and you're like, you're not a bad kid. But yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah. I think when they i think a lot of times like the older way of thinking is like mm-hmm. oh they are bad kids so we're gonna put them with all the bad kids and then they start really meeting bad kids and then all the bad kids do bad things and yeah. get into trouble and sometimes they never get out like get out of the path or like yeah. establish because a lot of kids come from broken homes like so i think right. it's really cool that you're trying to change the cycle and yeah and give your kids something that maybe you didn't have because mm-hmm. you know th- that 90 percent of the time it's like the kids who act up are usually the kids who come from broken homes no oh for sure no father no mother yeah you know living with their grandparents foster kids like, so many things mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's pretty nuts like but we still don't really fully grasp like how that affects a child's uh like upbringing right and how they act on a day-to-day basis but you can you know you can really mess up a kid's or human beings life obviously yeah. because they are going to be adults at one day for sure but you know it's just it's interesting i guess now working with the kids and having that perspective mm-hmm. i feel like i sometimes feel like the father figure to a lot of them because a lot oh, of yeah. them yeah. come from uh like homes without fathers and it's just like it's interesting yeah you know how that works in society for sure man for sure like i relate to a lot of that you know what i mean like i relate to like a lot of that like you know like my mom uh super hard worker always there for me like definitely loved the shit out of me um and then my dad was kind of more like the hard ass dude you know what i mean like you're like that's why i was good at baseball (laughs) like no cap he made me great he's like nah like the weekend i don't give a fuck about no weekend like we're gonna go out there and before you go skateboard or go run around and do whatever you want to do play video games like you're gonna catch these baseballs. Like yeah, you're yeah. gonna practice your your uh your wind up. Yeah. You know we're gonna go to the batting cage and like oh, uh, that's cool. yeah. So that was like you know, but he wasn't really the compassionate type dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was a little more rough with that. Um. But when it came to like sports, 
it was like no like we want you to be great we want like even with reading and writing mm-hmm. i probably owe it to him for like my ability to write music because mm-hmm. it was like a young age it was like yo you gotta read you gotta write and when you're reading and writing you better sit up straight boy like oh, you yeah. know okay. like, <laughs> it was one of those you know and he has his own trauma from his life mm-hmm. uh that shaped him yeah. and that made him like you know kind of like a hard dude but um you know, I take the good and bad, you know what I mean? Like, with my mom, it's like I could do no wrong, you know? Like, and with my dad, it's like, boy, you fuck up. Yeah. You ass whoop, you know? So yeah, it's like, yeah. I take both of these, their parent styles and, like, um, I try to take the good things and bad things from them and just, like, make that into my routine. So it's like, with my daughter, I'm kind of like, you know, um, or with my kid, both of my kids, it's kind of like I take from my mom. It's like, okay, like, kids need unconditional love, Right. But they also need discipline. Yeah. Because my mom wasn't too good at disciplining. Yeah. Which kind of led me down in that like, <laughs> messing up. So it's like, yeah. okay, like, love the shit out of your kids, but let them know you keep fucking around. Yeah. You're going to get that belt, boy. Right. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not actually going to hit them, but like, you know, it's just a phrase, but like, you know, let them know that like there's consequences to your actions. You can't yeah. be out here acting a fool and expect like mom and dad to clean it up for you all the time. Like, no, you, there's going to come a point where you got to take responsibility for your actions and what you're doing and just know how to not put yourself in those predicaments yeah and with pops it's kind of like what i get from him it's like um kids need like guidance and kids need to like work on something like you know can't just be floating around in in the universe not doing nothing by the time you're like let's say sounds early but let's say like 10 Mm -hmm. by 10 like it doesn't have to be your life path but like hey let's get you into some sports Mm -hmm. let's get you into some dancing like or or whatever whatever it is let's get let's get you guitar lessons piano you know like i needed something to do like because i'm speaking from experience i just needed something to do to kind of make me feel like i had a little bit of purpose you know yeah even if it's doing good at school like yo you're smart like know what i mean like take an extra class at school or like do the gate program or whatever it may be like um so yeah you know so long story short even too like i had a small falling out with my dad and like uh that's when like mom kind of took over full time so that really like was when i felt like i was like quote unquote bad kid because it's like Mm -hmm. okay now i got no one to spank me if i'm fucking up you know so now i'm out here with the wrong people doing the wrong things Mm -hmm. getting in trouble so now as a man, you know, growing up as a father, I'm like, okay, that was like a flaw. Like, you know, I needed guidance. Yeah. And, you know, my mom might have tried, but she don't know how to do it. You know right. what I mean? She's tired. She's working. She's tired. Exactly. Yeah. She can only do so much. You know? She only do so much, you know? So it's like as a boy trying to turn to a man, like you definitely do need father figures and guidance. It don't mm-hmm. always have to be your blood. It could be your coach. Mm-hmm. It could be uh, someone who knows your story. It could be a friend's dad. So yeah, as I got more mature like 17 18 it's like you know i would get a lot of insight from like uh family friends or from like my friends pops or like you know older people that i would encounter and um yeah like that kind of stuff like it sticks with me you know mm-hmm. it shaped me pretty much mm-hmm. so now that i'm a father i'm like all right i seen the bullshit i seen like you know good things i seen bad things like you know so now i have a decent idea of what you're gonna encounter in this world yeah and like you know i want to be there for every step of it and help you make the right decisions right. that's all i could do yeah you know? and i think sometimes someone who does live with like such a colorful life like you mm-hmm. i don't say like they're guaranteed to be better parents but a lot of times because right. you've seen more stuff you mm-hmm. you could you could speak from experience at least right for sure and i think you know my parents they got into their own things right when they were younger but i feel like they always surrounded me with like other older people that were from all walks of life and i think yeah. that was the coolest thing they did for me as like a or they did a lot of cool things but that was like a 
interesting they did because they had mm-hmm. you know they both went to junior college but never got like a four year degree or anything right but they had they kept in touch with those people that did go on to like mm-hmm. you know medical school and I met like some you know like people who do really well and went to college yeah, route for and sure. I got to talk about college with them and that that was like an interesting experience because yeah. you know that helped me graduate but mm-hmm. they also talked you know I had family members or other friends that ran into some great things and they kind of you know yeah like, had that OG talk with me and they're like don't be getting into this you know yeah and, so it's all kinds of stuff that they're mm-hmm. experienced me and exposed me to and I, I really am grateful for that for sure. for sure yeah like different like different levels will tell you to watch out for different things you know yeah. like people that are born into wealth or like people that like you know like they're all four-year doctorates and this and that you know <laughs> like they're gonna tell you different things that like the OG is gonna tell you you know yeah. what I mean because it's like you're just gonna be dealing with different situations but it's good to hear everybody out you know like mm-hmm. a wise man told me once like you know even if a fool saying something he might say a hundred stupid things but one of those things might be some valuable stuff so I never rule anybody out yeah anybody that has experience in anything like I I'll hear him out, you know, yeah. and I'll take what I want to take and leave what I don't want. But mm-hmm. yeah. Damn. All right. Let's backtrack a little bit more to like yeah. your music career and everything. Yeah. Too. When did you, I guess, like start taking it, like you said earlier, but like when did you start taking like more serious and, and get really passionate for music? I mean, like I've always loved being a listener. So like, um, you know, I wanted to take my take at writing some music because like, um, I guess it kind of originated from like a... Uh, kind of like the acting out thing like I got into like long story short I got into a lot of trouble as a kid yeah so like um I had to like go to juvenile hall mm-hmm. and like I didn't really belong there I kind of just got a raw deal like I got in too much trouble like all right you're going with the little knuckleheads and so then it put me in this place where there actually is kids that are really going through something like my problems seem like nothing now yeah you yeah. know like there's kids like damn they're 16 years old these kids are full-fledged gangbangers yeah they're like they're dealing with like oh you're fighting 10 years you're 16 years old like and that was like traumatizing to me it was like dude like what like where am i like this is insane like i'm here for like tagging on a wall or something you know like i don't belong here but like to get back to the point it kind of just like when i came home and i started living my life it was like man like i feel like i saw more than the average child like i you know i went through a lot of stuff at a young age and it was like music to me always got me through it mm-hmm. you know like i would hear music it would inspire me i would relate to things it made me feel like i wasn't alone so i was like i want to do that you know what i mean like i want to be the voice for somebody that might need to hear a piece of advice mm-hmm. or might need a song to get them through the day you know like i want to pass on knowledge i want to pass on good vibes so like it kind of originated from that i guess you could say mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it made me want to take it serious as I got a little older. Like, you know, like, 21, I was like, all right, like, you know, I feel like I've walked the earth, like, long enough to kind of have something to say. So, yeah, bro, I just kind of just, you know, 21, I would say I took it a little more serious. Like, all right, I'm going to start writing songs. I'm going to start trying to put some real knowledge behind it, you know, like... um, even being 21 you don't have that much knowledge you yeah, know yeah. but I was like I'm making music for the youth you know what I mean like yeah. I'm not making it for a 50 year old man I'm, yeah. making, <laughs> I'm making songs for the youth and like I wanted to just pass along whatever I had in my head yeah so it kind of just you know I still I still keep that same mindset you know mm-hmm. like cause now I'm just like you know I kind of calm I slowed my roll I'm a little bit older and there's people out there that have gone through way more stuff than I ever could imagine you know but um not everyone has an outlet there could be people out there and they don't have a voice like they have this wisdom and this knowledge but they don't have this outlet mm-hmm. and maybe their outlet is uh mma fighting maybe their outlet is sports but like yeah. they don't have a way to like get the message across yeah unless you're physically sitting one-on-one with someone right 
which is a beautiful thing too but i mean like music is just you know i could make a song put it out there for the universe mm -hmm. and anyone could hear it at any time and yeah i don't know music's just always been special to me and like it it, it kind of just uh shaped me so i wanted to have the opportunity to just like shape another mind too if i have the opportunity you know like if yeah. you want to take the time to listen you know hopefully my words can help you get through the day yeah yeah is there like a particular person you have in mind that you make music for like now that you mentioned all that or is it just in general like the youth at large I think it, it, it shifts over time. You know what I mean? Like in the beginning, I was like, I'm making music for people like my age to like understand me better mm -hmm. uh, or the youth, you know what I mean? To get like, you know, some insight. And then like, you know, it just, I, I think it shifts over time. But at this moment right now, I would say I would make music for um, people my age because like I feel like the music game is just so much different and I hear a lot of people that are like man I don't like this new music like yeah. you know what I mean I don't like this new sound or this new wave and yeah, I'm like yeah. you know like you might have not heard me before but like I appreciate all music so I hear like artists nowadays and like like I like their uh, melodies like yeah. melodic music is very popular now so I'm mm -hmm. like okay like maybe they're saying this melodic song with no real substance but what if we put some substance behind this melody? Yeah. You know what I mean? So now I've been experimenting with a little auto-tune and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to get melodic with it, but I'm going to try to leave a message. You know, mm. you're not just hearing some guy sound cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to hear some real, like, uh, some real stuff in there. You know, you're going to hear some real emotions. You're going to hear some real insight. So um, I would say I'm making it like right now at this very moment, like for people that are like, you know, a little more mature that want to hear something they can relate to. Mm -hmm. You know, because like as I'm getting older, like I'm hearing the music for the youth. It's like, um, it's super negative, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of music that people are making right now for the youth and it's just like guns this, drugs that. Mm -hmm. Like it's a lot of violent stuff which has been going on but um, I don't know. I feel like it's got to go deeper than that in yeah. music. You know what I mean? You got to have some substance. You got to have some real uh, raw emotions. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't just be violence and uh, negative things. So I try to put like, you know, a little touch of everything in there, you know? Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah. And we talked about it earlier too, how like the industry and like they'll push certain things for sure. And I think mm -hmm. for a long time that was what was, was selling is like, oh, the yeah. big, you know, all that violence stuff and promoting, you know, like and right. a lot of these people though would like end up locked up. And I think, you know, maybe with the pandemic and, and maybe with just, like, different things going on now, like, maybe we will turn back more towards conscious mm -hmm. hip-hop and conscious music in general. Mm -hmm. So we're not all surface-level music and, and no real substance, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, you look at those people who did make the catchy songs and, like, look at where they're at now. Like, you know, where's mm -hmm. Bobby Schmurder not really doing a whole bunch, you know, or designer. Yeah. Or just, you know, those are the first two people I thought of off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, there's a lot of those. Well, you're going to get their fans again. <laughs> they be on your head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so I read something that was very interesting a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and I thought it was a trip. Mm -hmm. So what they said is that um, in the 90s, mm -hmm. because the 80s hip-hop is way different than the 90s, right? Yeah. You got the Humpty Hump vibes. 90s is gangster rap, strictly. Yeah. That's what's prospering. So, yeah. like, there was something I read, and it said that the prison system and the music industry kind of joined forces mm. right so they're like yo how are we gonna get more people inside of this prison system it's, yeah. it's a trillion dollar system yeah. probably more you know what i mean and um 
long story short, they kind of came to this agreement like, all right, well, for music, how are we going to get more people in prison? Let's just make it seem cool that violence and drugs and this and that is like the thing yeah. to do. So I read that a long time ago. And if you look at the music at that time, man, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You got a lot of people that are like, you know, doing real time over like being inspired by this gangster movement. Yeah. You know, especially in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. California period, probably Bay Area, down here in Los Angeles. So yeah. any urban city, you know, Chicago, right, Atlanta, right. all those. Oh yeah, they're on a whole other wave out there too. And it's like uh yeah, man, I think that has a lot to do with it, you know, like mm-hmm. what they're putting on the radio and what they're saying is cool, you know, we're just humans, you know. Yeah. If you put hundred gangster songs on the radio every single day and night you know what do you think the kids are gonna want to do yeah you know what i mean like so um i thought that was a trip yeah it is a trip because i grew up more of in like a suburb area in high school and right. like the latter half of middle school mm-hmm. and i just felt like a lot of those kids came from like those wealthier backgrounds where like yeah. both parents went to college like mm-hmm. they're living in like you know a nice areas like it's a suburb decent right? lifestyle finest, you know yeah decent right, right. lifestyle yeah and some of those kids were like trying to act tough or like act like they banged or like trying to get caught up in it and some of them got in trouble some of them stopped mm-hmm. before they realized they can get into trouble and yeah and i just never thought i never come because i grew up in santa Ana, which is a little bit more of a rougher city mm-hmm. you know lower socioeconomic community right so i came from that had family members that were you know did some of that stuff and i was mm-hmm. like yo that's not a pleasant life so when i did get to high school and lived more of that suburban life i was like why are you guys fronting like this is not something to joke about like yeah and then and they'll they'll front amongst their own friends but then they're like scared to go to santa Ana. it's like y'all are like yeah for lack of better words you're like y'all pussies you know like <laughs> yeah what are you fronting for you know well it's just like they they dangle this lifestyle in front of you mm-hmm. and like um it's like what's that movie with ti and then like he's dating this chick and then like she's trying to be like ghetto and and yeah. like you know fit into that like aspect but then like they come to find out like oh you're rich like you know what i mean yeah. why are you here yeah like, you know what i'm saying and i think that's true for like a lot of people because like um you know nowadays like i feel like people will like kind of bash you if you got it too good which yeah. which is kind of stupid you know what i mean it's like yeah. oh my bad like you know like we're living good yeah but like you know in certain areas they'll bash you they'll be like oh like get out of here like you got it made like mm-hmm. you know like or something and i think that's kind of foolish you know but that's just the reality we live in you mm-hmm. know like if and even in hip hop, you know, even in rap, it's kind of like that, you know, like they want to hear, they, you kind of want to hear some kind of struggle. Yeah. You want to hear something that you overcame or you want to hear what you've been through, yeah. you know? And um, I think that, you know, people like those, those uh, underdog stories, you yeah. know, it, look at Eminem, you know, like yeah. he didn't have a great situation, but like he used that and flipped it and people love him for that. You yeah. know, they're like, man, you're supposed to be nothing. And yeah. it's like, here you are. Probably, I don't know if he's a billionaire yet, but he's got to be damn near. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, any hip-hop artist will relate to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Nipsey Hussle, uh, dude, anybody almost, you know? Mm-hmm. It's very rare that they're like, oh, yeah, this guy was just balling all his life and he just picked up the mic. Yeah. And it almost doesn't give you nothing to rap about if you have everything handed to you and everything's just all gravy. Like, you can make love songs, but <laughs> there's only yeah. so much, you know? Like, right. You could. I mean, Drake does it, mm-hmm. you know? But he's very upfront and honest about who he is and what he is. And it's like mm-hmm. he makes it work to his advantage. But for a long time, like people weren't feeling it. At least people I know yeah. where I come from, they're like, oh, this guy's soft. This guy's this. This guy's yeah. that. Like, you know what? He's being true to himself. Yeah. And he's being, you know, letting his emotions out in music. And um, I think he opened the door for so many people to do that. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, I hear a lot of people like 
Um, they're a lot more open. They're a lot more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I feel like Drake kicked down that door, and he made it cool to be like a little bit more vulnerable. Yeah, it's not a tough guy contest all the time. It's yeah. not a cool guy contest all the time. Right. So once he knocked down that barrier, I feel like you're able to get a lot of more honest music from a lot more artists. You know. Right. So it, you know, it's cool. Yeah, I've always thought like in the nicest way possible I always thought because of lack of better words I think he's a corny dude but he like Damn. runs with the corniness you know he's mm-hmm. not shy to be corny he's like all up in front I always think yeah. back to like the time where he like dressed out with the Kentucky basketball team and like during warm ups he, he shoots a shot and he like airballs badly and it's like <laughs> yeah. that's who he is you know yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. that's the type of personality and, like very few people are willing to like put themselves out there and embarrass themselves mm-hmm. like that and he's just like fuck it this is who I am like What's like, that new video? The one with him and Dirk? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Have yeah. you seen it? Yeah. So, uh, what was that one? He was like balling. Yeah, he was balling against someone, and then, like, I don't know, someone crossed him over all yeah, sick, yeah. and then he fall. And he's like, rappers won't be caught dead like that yeah. on the video because they have this image to maintain, and they got right. this tough guy persona, like, oh, God forbid I'm on the ground like this. You know what I mean? And it's like, Drake will do it and make you laugh because he's an actor. Yeah. Yeah. He's a big time actor, you know what I mean? And I mean that in a good way. Like, yeah. you know, he's uh he's able to just do stuff like that and he gets away with it and it's dope. Like we need more of that, you know, like we're not we're not a made of steel, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? We're not um unbreakable. We got days, you know, where it's rough and it's like you know, I feel like we need more artists that are able to give you that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Definitely. I mean, I try to do both. You know, like some days I feel like, man, I need. I don't want to hear something where I'm gonna cry about. <laughs> I need something that's gonna build me up. Like, yeah, yeah. man, it's a crazy world out there. I need. I need a song that's gonna make me feel like when I'm creating. Like, I don't want to feel brittle right now. I don't want to feel weak. Like, I want to feel strong. I want to yeah. feel powerful. I want to find the good traits about myself and put that into music. And other days I'm like, nah, man. Like, I need to be a little bit more like honest about us. You know, different days vary. But like some days I might be like, you know, what? I want to make a song that's gonna be. Uh, Showing just a more vulnerable side. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just take whatever emotions I have at the moment and try to put it out there. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, I think a lot of artists, like, they get into this, like, routine of, like, all right, like, I already made this song. It's successful and it's all, like, hard. Like, I can't switch it up. You yeah. Know? Like, I got to go with what's working. And same with other artists. You know, maybe the vulnerable thing. Like, I don't know if you ever heard of Lil Peep. Uh, I, I've heard of him never heard yeah, of him yeah he's not an MC or nothing but like I like his music cause I was like man this guy is like vulnerable to the max you mm-hmm. know like he's like man he'll tell you like all this uh stuff he goes through or just emotions or just stuff you wouldn't expect a rapper to say so mm-hmm. I thought that's cool um but yeah I just take it day by day man just whatever yeah. I'm feeling I just try to put it out there yeah who, who are some other artists that you feel like get very vulnerable in the music and are underappreciated I would say Peep is definitely up there for me um because he's kind of into the whole rock thing too so I thought that was dope he's kind of like an emo rapper yeah I liked a lot of emo music growing up too even because um, you know I felt like just from my life I dealt with a lot I was like I could relate to like you know music that gets a little deep like that mm-hmm. it's not always just surface music but um, damn who else is kind of like the extension was like that mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking the, yeah. the past yeah so he was he was very uh got very vulnerable in it uh Someone who's more of an MC, I would say, is kind of like Joyner Lucas. Yeah. Join if you listen to some of his music, like he could get real deep. Um, oh man, who else? Obviously Eminem. Mm-hmm. For sure, Eminem. Um, yeah, his latter half albums have kind of been hit or miss, but I, I think like Recovery was like mm-hmm. a very 
Right, he opens up a lot in that album for sure. For sure, I'm I'm not a huge fan of the new M stuff, man. Yeah, man no. I don't like it, man. Like everyone's like, when Rap God came out, like, oh, it was so sick. I was like, dude, that was too much. Man. Yeah, I'm like it's too much. You know what I mean? Like I like the old stuff, dude. Yeah. You know, like on Recovery, I don't know if Spacebound was on there. Yeah, I was on Recovery. That was a great song. Yeah, it was. but that's the vulnerable stuff I'm talking yeah. about. You know, we touch, we feel the rush, we clutch. It mm-hmm. isn't much, but it's enough to make me wonder what's. It's a love song, you know, and yeah. it's about him, like you know, really going for this girl or you've heard the song yeah. you know what it's about so you know to anyone listening if you heard Spacebound you know what it's about it's about being vulnerable it's about you know that kind of aspect Um, I like that so other artists oh man I'm trying to think I think Mac Miller on his yeah. last albums The Divine Feminine and Swimming yeah those were great even the new one uh, what's the new one called it has good, good news on it right yeah, yeah. that album mm-hmm. that's like you're seeing a different side of Mac Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and I think that kind of music has longevity because it's never gonna go out of like I don't want to say out of style but people are always gonna go through things yeah and people always need music to cling to to get them through it and yeah. uh, you know like my kid's mom she's was never a Mac Miller fan off of like you know like the uh, the early stuff like Nike's on my feet yeah the Donald Trump song or whatever yeah. you know like that was the early stage of his career mm-hmm. um I forget what the other ones are but um whatever but like she heard good news so i don't know if you're familiar with that song it's very uh personal you know what i mean it was very like you know deep and like she connected with that and that was the first song she ever liked from him i'm like man like it just proves to me like being vulnerable like that in your music people need to hear that sometimes yeah you know what i mean like so trying to think of some other artists out there it's kind of tough um but those are some that i could think of off the top of my head yeah yeah. And with Mac too, like I experienced it similar. I was never into him when he was like Blue Slide Park and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, like early. Right. But the Divine Feminine really kind of made me like a fan of his because right. I was also like in love at the time, and I feel like it, like all the things he was saying in that album, really related. And I yeah. feel like you said it's timeless because there's always gonna be people falling in love, and yeah. if they ever come across the album during that time period, it's like mm-hmm. it's perfect. It just goes hand in hand, you know. Exactly, bro. That's that's what it's about, and like even the music that I really love, like classic rock or stuff like that like that's why I really love rock and roll and I love music like that like rock of all genres really is because like it's not a cool guy contest yeah you get that in rap who's got the iciest chain who's got the sickest drip who's got this that it's this like you know spiral of like it's setting you up for almost like a mental health issues <laughs> if you're trying to keep up with them. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's like true, yeah. that's what they say about Instagram, like all these people like taking these pictures and looking like this and photoshopping this and wearing this and that. I feel like it damn like, you know, to people that are trying to catch up keep up with that. I don't need to keep up with nobody but myself. Yeah. You know, so I have that mentality, but you know, a younger mind might be a little more naive, like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is what's cool. I need this. If I don't have a Gucci belt, I'm not lit. Mm-hmm. Foolish mindset to have, but like to, to back to the topic is like rock. You never hear them bragging. Yeah. Never. It's just about something soulful. Like, you know, like it's something, a message they want to get across. Very rarely will you hear people that do rock and roll. Like it's, it's always bragging, you know, yeah. like <laughs> most of the time it's, it's not man. Like, I don't know. Like, uh, I love classic rock. So like a, a song, simple man by Leonard Skinner. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. It's a great song, man. Um, Pink Floyd, wish you were here. Mm-hmm. Rolling Stones, Wild Horses, like these songs, like they're 
for sure created to like stand the test of time and like mm. for people to hear them and really like um i don't know just connect on a deeper level yeah and i, I try to incorporate that into my hip-hop too i'm like you know like i gotta say things that are just not like here today gone tomorrow I don't want to just be this dude that's just like trying to flex all the time. Like, nah, I got to say stuff that's like really going to have some longevity and some depth, mm-hmm. you know? So I try to keep that mind state. Like with all this music, like genres that I have in my head, I'm like, okay, like the stuff that sticks with me the most is the stuff that really touches my soul. Yeah. There's a couple hard songs. Like, you know, like I hear Nip, like I see you got the Nip right there. Yeah. And I'm like, there's a few Nip songs that are like, they're hard, Yeah. you know? And they're going to stick with me no matter what. Like, Million while you young. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with this catalog, like mm-hmm. all crazy like that, but mm-hmm. yeah, bro, there's some really good ones, but I wanna say my favorite Nipsey song is um fuck, what's that one called? It's like it's really deep. It's like um What album or project was it off of? The bars are like, um, look at where I started, now look at where I'm standing. You mm-hmm. could say it's luck, but something like that. Yeah. Um the something the bigger something. Oh shit, what's it called? Yeah. I forget, bro, but it's a really deep song of his, and it's like probably his most vulnerable song. And like, yeah, bigger than life. Okay, oh, bigger okay, than okay. life. So yeah. that song, like, I was like, man, this is like a side of Nipsey they weren't expecting. But um, you know, I like the hard shit too. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Cause like some days we need that too. Like you know, mm-hmm. we put on our gangster rap and we handle our business. Like it feels good. You <laughs> yeah. know, I was hearing Ice Cube like gangster rap made me do it the other yeah, day. Yeah, it's yeah. like oh, damn, shit. <laughs> you hear that shit? You're like this. is this is motivating like it yeah. pumps me up it gives me strength you know yeah. so I try to find that balance man every day I'm not trying to cry it out either you know like I'm not trying to get out vulnerable and weep you know like sometimes yeah. we need to be strong but gotta have the balance you know yeah. what I mean I just feel like as an artist you gotta have balance so I try to bring it mm-hmm. is there a song that is in your catalog or album project whatever mm-hmm. that you feel like you laid most of your soul you were really vulnerable on this is the thing about being an artist I feel like once you like I have a song that I'm really passionate about I'm gonna shoot a video for it in two weeks mm-hmm. so I would say out of that album there's like there's probably like this next album I'm gonna drop there's probably out of seven or eight tracks there's probably like two or three vulnerable songs so I've noticed that like I don't like to overdo it with the vulnerable thing I like to get like add strength and energy mm-hmm. but I like to leave a couple in there just so people know like okay like I'm a human being just like you or like you know it's not just like yeah the facade I'm trying to put on or nothing you know what I mean it's not that like it's like no like I'm down to earth and I want you to know that so there is a couple songs on there where I definitely put that out um I'll be shooting a video for it in the next two weeks I'm excited for you to hear it man okay. like so we were talking about it earlier where I'm talking about like you know like I'm putting a little auto tune but substance mm-hmm. so that song is definitely like my favorite song I've made in a long time because mm-hmm. it's like okay I'm dabbling with the new sound you know and I put some substance so I got it melodic I got substance I got it sounding right I got the beat right so to me it's like I'm attacking the game from all angles that I want to hit it from so yeah yeah so that's the one there you go yeah that's dope yeah how is if you have already like finished or kind of close to finish how are those this upcoming project different than Ghost Stories and Black Summer and like some of your other stuff um exper- like experimenting with a little bit new sound mm-hmm. growing and maturing you know what i mean like you see things differently as time goes by you know what i mean and um you know like ghost stories like that was like i've been rapping for a good minute so at the time when i put out ghost stories i was like oh hell yeah this is lit you know yeah. like this is my shit 
and it is still but it's just like as you grow and you hear that album over and over and over again while you're editing and mixing it the next time around you're like man i feel like i could have touched on a different topic yeah i feel like i could have said this better i feel like i could have chose different style beats i could have chose a different way to approach it so um as an artist you know like you should always be trying to outdo yourself in your last album so you know, like other artists, they might be like, oh, like, I don't like this new thing he's doing. Like, I like the old stuff. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like how we're talking about Eminem. Yeah. He's been doing it so long, though. You know what I right. mean? Like, he's challenging himself over and over. But as a, you got to you gotta take the listeners into perspective, too. True. You know what I mean? Like, you just mind-fucking me now, Eminem. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, rap guy, it was cool, but it's too much, bro. Like, yeah. I can't I can't ride around and slap this. Yeah. This is like, you're like in your own head. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're competing against yourself to the point where it's like, this ain't even about the listener no more. Yeah. And he could do that because he's the GOAT. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But for me, I'm like, nah, like, I got to put out stuff that's hard. Gotta, it's got to be like that balance and it's got to be outdoing all my last work mm-hmm. so with this album I really have a lot of faith in it because I feel like it's me at my best mm-hmm. you know it's me with trial and error it's me with uh, pain it's me with glory it's me with like winning and losing and mashing all that together and giving you like something that you could really ride to mm-hmm. so yeah you have a title for the album yet? I had a title I liked it and then I seen another artist put out something similar to that title. Uh, okay. Not totally on the point, but I was like, if I keep this title, it's going to sound like it's too similar. So I had to switch it up. So now I'm kind of like, I have a couple other ideas in my head. I'm debating with it, but I want it to be like um, something that has some depth. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want it to be just like a little... I want it to be like a title to where like you want to put that shit on a shirt. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like, when oh, you, okay. like when you hear it, like you're like, damn, like this is like unique. This is dope. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm trying to come up with a title that's going to have some like longevity or like, you know, a title of an have you ever like seen a title of an album and just from the title you want to listen to the music? You're like, damn, that shit sounds yeah. so badass. Like, yeah. I got to hear it. Like, yeah. So I'm trying to cook up a title that kind of like, you know, emulates that. Mm-hmm. For me, last year was uh, Lost Boy by YBN Cordae. I don't know if you listen to him at all. Lost Boy. Here and there. I don't listen to a lot of him, but here yeah. and there. Yeah. yeah. So that, that title kind of caught my attention. I hadn't heard of him before, so I was like, oh, let me check this out. And I ended right. up really liking that album. Yeah. So it worked out for me. But yeah, that was right. like the first one I thought off the top of my head, mm-hmm. for sure. It's like, you know, like how they talk about the cover of the book. Like, I know they say don't judge the cover <laughs> by the book, but like if you see a book with a badass cover and it's blinged out or something like that, you know, you'd be like what's in that book you yeah, know yeah, like, yeah. so like I'm trying to like kind of get a good title it doesn't have to be a blinged out title but just a good name to where people are going to want to hear the, the content just off the name off top because mm-hmm. the music is there the music to me like it's my best work and it's like really honest it's really uh, passionate and definitely like you know talent behind it so it's like okay I gotta have a good name because I can put a little um generic title but that's going to take away from the music yeah you know what i mean people are going to criticize me for the generic title so mm-hmm. yeah i just need a unique name um i got a couple ideas in my head it's soon to come all the music is done i just got to find that that right title mm-hmm. it's good to go yeah how was working during 2020 on music changed in your normal process because of covid and everything else that's been going on there's no performing so that sucks you know we've actually managed to do a couple like shows here and there I seen you at a show, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, we were able to do a couple shows here and there, but um so I think that's the biggest thing that changes, but normally like I like to write music in like home studios, yeah, in my own setting, so it really doesn't change my creativity. You know what I mean? It changes the way we uh kind of like 
promote it. Yeah, market yourself. Market it. Yeah, yeah. but even with that, I mean, everything's done online. Yeah. Everything's done on Instagram. Everything's done on Spotify. So it's like I'm still able to market it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's giving everybody some time to like just get some new perspective, uh, stuff like that. So. Honestly, to be honest, none of my music really emulates any shit that's going on because this is a crappy year. Yeah, you know what I mean, so yeah. like, this is a shitty year. Like, so I never, I didn't really use much of like the stuff going on outside to like really influence my music. I just took it as a time like oh, I'm gonna lock in. I'm locking yeah. in regardless. I don't care if uh, the restaurants are open or not. Like, yeah. I'm, I was gonna lock in anyways. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like uh, it's giving me a little bit of extra time. That's for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Especially at the beginning, too, I felt that, like, when, you know, like, most jobs shut down and everything, yeah. it was like, oh, nice, like, I got a bunch of more time, and it mm-hmm. sucks, like, I couldn't do in-person interviews, but I, I, I found other ways to do interviews, I, mm-hmm. I found other creative outlets, and, sure. and just, I feel like as humans, we always have these things that we want to do, but we keep putting it off, because we, important, or we <clears> have <throat> greater importance in our job, or whatever, like, other things, right. but because of the pandemic, it took away a lot of that stuff that we quote-unquote have to do that's maybe not necessarily what we want to do yeah we got to do a lot of that stuff i feel or at least i did mm-hmm. and i feel like some friends in my circle too like at the beginning of the pandemic when everything was shut down and quiet yeah like, you know there was a lot of experimenting and doing different things where i was like oh shit this is cool you know or learning new stuff yeah it's good to take a break from the rat race mm-hmm. as much as you can yeah. <laughs> as much as you can man like yeah. you know because i mean like there'll be times i'm in between jobs and it's like you know i really get time to like not think about that you know what i mean like mm-hmm. so it's not a long period of time, but I mean, like, if, you know, when I was younger, I'll go through, like, in between jobs or whatever, like, oh, I'm going to switch it up and do this and change paths. And, um, yeah, those little times, man, like, in between where you wake up and you got time, it's like, all right, you got 24 hours. What are you going to do today? You know, I would want to go to the gym. I would want to, like, meal prep my food or uh, what's it called? Um it's kind of like before kids, I would have these moments, but like, you know, like I would have time to write, sit with music and really dissect it. Like mm-hmm. nowadays, it's like, damn, there's not enough hours in the day. Like, yeah. I got to go get this bag. I got to be a dad. And then if I'm lucky, I got time to make music. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, but, you know, I always, whatever you want to do, you'll make time for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like right. the things that are really important to you, like we only got 24 hours, but if it's important to you, you're going to make the time. Yeah. Prioritize. Right. So, um, you know, I just try to pick and choose and make sure that I'm using my time wisely. Yeah. And it could start small too. I think a lot of times, like we always think like, oh, we need to do two, three hours a day of that mm-hmm. thing that we want to do, whatever yeah. it may be. But honestly, it could be like 20, 30 minutes that you set aside. Yeah. And eventually I feel like you start with those 20 to 30 minutes, like, Mm-hmm. It'll just grow into maybe an hour or two right. down the road as you knock out like other things that maybe aren't as high in priority. And, yeah. and then, I don't know, I feel like it's all about like the, the, the like baby steps, you know, I know it's right. like kind of a cheesy thing to say over and over again, but like mm-hmm. the more smaller steps you make, take, they eventually like, when you look back, it's like, it looks like one big step. But it's like, no, nah, actually it was a bunch of small steps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. It's you just got to make that time, man. I mean, like even people like, you know, like now that the gym's closed. I'm like, damn, like that sucks. Like, yeah. you know, cause I was, I go, I go in cycles with that, man. Like yeah. some days I'll be hitting like some couple months I'll hit it hard and I'll go like a month and like BSing, you know what I mean? Or like, and then I'll start trying to eat right and then I'll get back on the cheeseburger diet. And so it's like, <laughs> damn, you know, like, so right before the pandemic, I was like, all right, like, fuck it. Like it's a new year. I think it was like start of the new year. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get back to it. You know? So me and my boys were me and Sire and like a couple of homies, like, we're in there like four days a week, three days a week. I'm, you know, staying on top of it. And now, like, I have 
dumbbells and stuff at home and I can I was going on hikes but like honestly I haven't been prioritizing it yeah. at all like at all at all mm-hmm. so like even I was talking to my coworker, he's just like yeah man he's like if you could spend 30-40 minutes a day mm-hmm. not even a day three days out of the week you know take that run or hit those little uh, dumbbells that you got he's like you'll see your difference again you know because I was yeah. telling him I was like bro I'm losing it like <laughs> you know like I'm losing my uh, losing all my gains bro you know like I ain't working out uh, so yeah, he's like, dude, he's like, you got to make that time. And yeah, so that's something I've been lacking on and like neglecting, but you know, it never fails. Every time I have my first workout after like a month or like a couple weeks, mm-hmm. it makes me feel like, fuck, what have I been doing? Like yeah. I miss it. You know, it's like a high. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like runner's high that you get, but it's, it's releasing those endorphins in you. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like that's, that's something I've been lacking on, but it kind of reminds me of the topic we were talking about yeah. prioritizing what you want to do makes sense yeah what are some other as we wrap things up what are some other priorities that you have to accomplish the rest of the year outside of music the rest of the year hmm man this year sucks <laughs> this year sucks like honestly like I'm just trying to get shit back to normal like yeah. you know like um I mean I would say like you know definitely like making the music better was big for me you know, because, like, that's my goal every year. Like, I want to create better music. But this year, I feel like, damn, like, you're really on it. Like, you know, like, this year, you're really creating, like, good content. Mm-hmm. So that was something I could X out. But something that's still in my head, I mean, to do, there's not a whole lot, to be totally honest. Um, fatherhood things, you know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, getting my kids to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge to me, like. You know, like, cause they'll tell me like, oh yeah, like, or like my kids' mom be like, oh yeah, well they're they're at their level that they need to be. Like, nah, we gotta go a little harder. Like, yeah. you know, my daughter's four. Like, nah, she's gotta start reading and writing already. You know, like mm-hmm. not reading, but you know, understanding. So pushing them to be, um, you know, on top of stuff. Cause now school's closed. It was supposed to be her year to go to school. Yeah. So she's not going. So I'm like, hold on, she's gonna miss out on a whole year of education. So like, let's keep that rolling. So mm-hmm. that's big. Fatherhood things are always big. Um. But yeah, nothing too crazy, man. You know, like kind of taking it day by day with everything going on in the world. So um, mm-hmm. we'll see what the goals are next year. All right. right yeah. on. Now, before we end things, I do like to ask these like fun, like introspective questions yeah. to kind of get the audience to know you a little bit better. For sure. If you could talk to any person in history, dead or alive, who would you want to speak with? Damn. <laughs> Damn, that's good. <laughs> Shit. It could be multiple people too. Yeah, I, I mean, I the rapper in me would want to pick a rapper, but mm-hmm. like I feel like life is like deeper than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's deeper than that. Um, damn, that's a really good question though, man. Um, there's some great minds out there. Hmm. I would want to talk. I'm trying to think. Like you know, would it want to be like? Would it be a, a mental thing? Would it be like a money thing you know who do I want to talk to um Dr. Sabi okay I want to talk to Dr. Sabi who is that serious yeah oh I, man I can't remember oh man Dr. Sabi's the guy that had the cure he's this dude from Honduras okay and he had the cure for like uh cancer and AIDS and all kinds of stuff with natural remedies yeah that was who Nipsey Hussle was doing the documentary on right yeah okay now there's I, those yeah. bars like they killed Dr. Sabi he was teaching health yeah so I would want to talk to him because, you know what I mean? If you could figure something out like that, that's like, you know, like now that I have kids, I'm thinking about like, I want a long life. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, fuck the bullshit. I want to have life with longevity and like, mm-hmm. you know, health. So health is wealth. And, you know, I'm seeing that more as time goes by, you know, mm-hmm. especially with a 
deadly virus going around. Yeah. So like health is well. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to Doctor Sabi. Um, All right. You know, probably someone rich too to figure out his secrets. <laughs> yeah. out. I'm trying uh, to think of who's selling this rich like that. Yeah. I don't even know, but let's just say whoever's a rich person. Yeah. You know, like who, some Bezos, Jeff Bezos, something, something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like someone who manages money well and is able to like prosper. I don't want to chop it up with someone like that. Yeah. Those are the only two. That was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> it caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah. If you could have any toppings on a pizza, what would it be? Ooh. I would pick. Damn. I mean, I have my go-to. Mm-hmm. I had this pizza at California Pizza Kitchen one time. It was fire. It was carne asada. Oh, on shit. pizza. Yeah. yeah. And, like, someone had it. And, like, I went to my friend's house. They had it. They're like, oh, yeah, try a pizza. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, like, like try it, dude. Mm-hmm. It was fucking good. So, Damn. I would right. say carne asada. Yeah. There's yeah. a... So, I went to Sacramento State, but, like, I've never seen it anywhere else. There was a restaurant over there, though. They had a chorizo, egg, and potato pizza. Wow. And so it was like, it, it was probably like, it's like a, a breakfast pizza. Yeah, basically. It's fire. And it was like the best pizza I've ever had. And like, I was like, was it's it? kind of, yeah, honestly, it was best like, ever? I think so. Like, Damn. most creative, at least. You oh, know? yeah, 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 for, for sure. For sure. Like, you don't just walk anywhere and like get you a pizza like that. You don't see that every day. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Pizza Hut don't have that. <laughs> exactly, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I, I thought that was like one of the most creative pizzas I've ever seen and for tasted. Sure. And I was like, wow, this is. You know, like best of both worlds. You know, you got the mm-hmm. Mexican breakfast on a pizza bread. It's like fire. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you could visit any time or moment in history, mm-hmm. like be a fly on the wall type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, what would you want to go back and visit? Hmm. Sixties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd want to go to sixties. Mm-hmm. Simpler times. Yeah. The music was great. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, uh, you know, I think that was the time where they were breaking out of conformity. Like how we're saying now, like, oh, like, you know, we're getting abstract with our job choices right. and our career. Yeah. I think the 60s was kind of the birth of, like, thinking abstract. Like, you know, now we're not going to conform. Right. We're not going to, uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. do what you want to do or whatever. Like, that was like the hippie movement kind of, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think music was, like, the, the bar was higher. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. you had to be really, really talented. <laughs> <laughs> like, nowadays, anyone can rap. Like, yeah. You know, if you have an Instagram presence, you can make a song. It's like, oh, shit, he's famous. It's like, so I think the bar for music was definitely higher back then. Yeah. A lot of talented people. So I would say 60s, man. And the Beatles was in the 60s, too, right? And they yeah. were hell experimental. Oh, yeah, right? dude. For some of their latter projects. Hell, yeah, dude. Yeah. Beatles, bro, they were psh, the mm-hmm. goats, man. Yeah. Rolling Stones, Beatles, <laughs> Zeppelin, all that, man. 60s. Mm-hmm. If you could have any kind of exotic pet, what would it be? Well, this isn't that exotic, but I've been wanting a pig. Okay. Yeah. yeah a a mini pig. Have you seen those? No. They're like pig. a little pig. It's supposed to stay small. I think it's a little bigger, but it's like a little mini pig. I've never seen those. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I don't know. He's not exotic. A pig isn't exotic. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I mean, it's not something you see every day, though, so I, I would count yeah, it as exotic. That would, that would be dope, but damn, if I had to have an exotic pet, I would say that's a, that's a good one, too. Shit. Um. Hmm. A Komodo dragon. Ooh, that'd be fuck, sick, that's a good right? One, yeah. Creeping around the backyard. Yeah. Damn, that'd be sick. Those things are dangerous though, right? Are they? I, I think so, aren't they? I don't know. I don't think they're poisonous, but I know they can fuck you up. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. But if anyone acts up, you know, hey, don't maybe call my Komodo dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright. Yeah. Um, last two. If you were stranded on a deserted island but you have food and water provided, mm-hmm. what are three things you'd like to bring to pass the time? Island, I got food and water. Mm-hmm. Um to pass the time, I'd bring a guitar. Okay. Two things, right? Uh, three. Oh, three things. Three things. And it could be people, too. Okay. F- for sure, a guitar. Mm-hmm. 
because I could create music. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like never ending. Yeah. It is never ending. You could create music, learn songs. I would bring a guitar. I would pass the shit out of the time for sure. Um, I guess I would have to bring, I want to say baby's moms, but if we were stranded on an island, we'd probably be sick of each other. <laughs> uh, I would say my kids, but I wouldn't want them stranded on an island, yeah. so I don't know. I have to take them out. Um, let's say, uh, let's say guitar, some weed mm-hmm. for sure. Okay. So guitar, some weed, um, something else to occupy time, man. I don't know. Maybe a cell phone so I could call for help or something. <laughs> nah. Let's say a computer with internet. Yeah. I'll okay. say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Right on. And then last question, if you could give any advice to your younger self, what would it be? Hmm. If I had to talk to my younger self, I would say stay out of trouble. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, let's see. If I had to talk to my younger self, I would say... um give all you got into anything that you're going to do and be very conscious of what you're going to do you know so if you're going to start working somewhere give it your all it doesn't matter where it's at and you know and if you didn't want to do that then you shouldn't be there you know what i mean so anything that you do just be very conscious of what you're doing and um just give it your all you know what i mean so just be careful where you're going to put your energy and if you decide to put your energy into something Make sure you're giving it 100%. Yeah, well yeah. said. Yeah. All right, before we call it a day, I'll go yeah. ahead and plug where you can find your music, any Instagram, right? Whatever else you'd like to promote for Yeah, know, for platform. sure. Um, I mean, it's easy as going on Google. You could type in two C's on Google, T-W-O-C-E-E-S. Type that on Google. Uh, you'll definitely find everything. But for Instagram, it's going to be Charlie Birds. Charlie with the E-Y at the end and Birds with the Z at the end. Uh, YouTube, you're going to go ahead and type in two C's, T-W-O-C-E-E-S. Um, like I said, if you go on Google, you'll be able to find all that. So that's pretty much it. All right, for sure. Thank you for stopping by again. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. Boom. That's going to wrap it up for another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Thanks to everybody that's tuning in. Hey, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a rating and review. Give it whatever star you think is dirt deserving of and leave a little review. That way it can help new listeners gauge what you know the, the the gist of the show is and also if you guys are listening on any other platform be sure to follow be sure to subscribe be sure to like the home page and support the podcast any way you can send it to a friend send it to a, a homie send it to a family member send it to an ex whoever you think may enjoy the podcast be sure to send it on over to them guys like i always say at the end of every each show be sure to chase your dreams and not checks and never stop seeking knowledge yo um I got some stickers for sale. If you guys are interested, be sure to hit me up. You can find me and those stickers at my period Mike and period I on Instagram or at underscore Noah Alvarez on Twitter. Um, we're doing a gift card giveaway, but it hasn't. Um, I haven't been promoting it honestly as much as I like to. So I think I'm gonna extend the deadline to that, maybe till New Year's Eve. I'm thinking. But um, yeah, I'll make a post about that relatively soon. But all you got to do is buy one sticker and one sticker will put your name in the drawing for a $50 gift card and a $25 gift card. There's two gift cards being given away. So there'll be two lucky winners. And if you buy 10 stickers, guess what? You're going to have 10 names in those drawings. Stickers are $2 each, $3 for the holographics. So uh, and all the, all the money, all the proceeds will be going to the sport of this podcast. Trying to upgrade equipment, trying to upgrade some cameras, trying to upgrade some uh, 
all kinds of stuff and as you know we're being broadcasted live on true 100 radio too sundays not sundays mondays at 12 from 12 to 2 and um we're also trying to you know i'm a part of them and we're trying to put you know a station together a legit station where we can record have a few studio setups uh, and just have a creative space for all of us and our podcasts and our radio shows to record invite guests over and just have some fun with it you know like a real radio station so we're trying to build from the ground up and any support for the podcast and for the true 100 radio is going to be uh, greatly appreciated guys and yeah i think that's uh all i got for you guys just again hope you guys continue to get through your obstacles you know don't, definitely don't be afraid to reach out for help i may not be able to help you personally but i can always point you into the right direction or connect you with someone that uh i may have a connection with so yeah that being said man i hope you guys have a wonderful 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 thanksgiving be grateful for everything that has happened to you this year i know that's weird to say right because it seems like it's been nothing but bad but find the good find the good there's a lot of good stuff that happened to the year this at least to me and if you can't find a lot just find one find one good thing be grateful for it this thanksgiving i know it's gonna look a lot different but be safe guys wear a mask and yeah hope you guys have a wonderful week day month year and see you next time this is noah alvarez the host of the my mike and i podcast signing off